that's a blessing. I, I, the introduction was amazing. I, if you give me a minute, I'm going to sign my own Bible, if you don't mind. <laughs> take care of that. And so get that out of the way. And so it's good to be here today. Looking forward to being with you folks. And uh, appreciate Brother Johnson and his family. They've been a blessing to us. I'm thankful for, for all they do for us and all the church here has done for the ministry at Calvary. I want to thank you for that. But we're glad to be here. have my wife with me, 31 wonderful years of marriage. We've been married 41, but we've had 31 wonderful years. We've had 41 wonderful years of marriage, and so I am I'm definitely thankful for that. And it's just good to be here and love the spirit in your church. Had a good time in Sunday school this morning uh, with the upstairs people. And so uh, we got to climb the stairs, and so I'm thinking I know why now um, I need to be in a different class for sure. And so, and we got, oh, do we have overflow people over here today? Do we, can I, can I take a look? Cause I, I won't be able to see them any other time than right now. So I don't want to see who's in the overflow. And so are y'all wanted or anything or <laughs> warrants out for your arrest or, okay. Just, just wanted to see you there. So they'll be able to see me, I guess on the camera, but I won't be able to see them anymore. So I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Cause you really don't know how people are taking your preaching when you can't see them. And so uh, maybe they'll say so after after a while, but it's good to be here. We're looking forward to being here today with you, and we'll tell more about the ministry at Calvary. Uh, some of you have been there. Many of you have been there and heard about it, And uh, but we'll have a video tonight and tell more about it. August uh, August 22nd, they voted in a new pastor, and so I resigned on the 29th. We kind of did it backwards, but anyway, uh, I resigned as pastor and director of the ministry August 29th. They voted my son-in-law and, and oldest daughter in as their pastor and pastor's wife. And they're serving there in the ministry at Calvary now. And God's blessing. God's doing great things. And Brother Eric, God's doing different things. But he's doing things that, that I go back home and I see and I think, I'd have never thought of that. And that really works good. And so, you know, new things and change is not a problem. As long as we stay with this right here, everything will be just fine. And so things are going good at the ranch. We'll talk more about that. Uh, tonight, if you come back tonight, because I'm, I'm sure you're all Sunday morning, Sunday night people. Okay, there's, there's going to be 11 of us tonight. <laughs> looking, looking forward to that. And so, uh, but I thought, you know, I, I only preached here one time. I preached here for the Preacher's Fellowship meeting, which is a place, that, a time that I preach that I despise because I don't like to preach to preachers because they know everything. And so I don't like to preach to them, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to this and looking forward to being here today. And plus, I looked around, and I thought, if there's just one sinner in the room, then I saw Miss Rebecca sitting in the back, and I thought, <laughs> I can preach anything I want to preach now because we have a major sinner in the room. <laughs> and so, amen, known these folks a long time, and uh, Brother Ivo Robinson was a hero of mine, a great man of God and for many years, and a real inspiration, and a, he was a backer of the ministry at Calvary. He loved the ministry there, too, and we loved him, and so hey, I, don't, I don't know what all's going on in, the, in heaven, but I know this, there's a good crowd up there, good crowd of good folks up there, and so I'm starting to have more there than I have here, and I'm longing to get there, and so, um, but we'll, until then, we've got a job to do. We're not here just to warm a pew. You don't come to church just to warm up you. You come to church to get challenged to get out there and get the job done for the Lord. And so maybe you'll be challenged today. Deuteronomy chapter 6. I, I don't intend to keep you long. I want you to know I'm going to be conscious of the time. All those things that preachers say that don't mean anything. <clears throat> um, I'll go ahead and give you this one. In closing. <laughs> yeah. 
Don't you love it? I hear preachers say those things, and I'm thinking, he's not. And people act like sometimes they're really encouraged by it. It doesn't mean anything when we say those things. And when you see me look up at the clock, and you're thinking, oh, he's about ready to close. No, I just know. I've been in church all my life. I know to look at the clock once in a while. It gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling when I look at the clock. And so I'll just do that every once in a while to kind of help you. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. It's where I want to start reading today, and we'll read some verses. And then we'll get into the message. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Now shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. What words? Well, what he just said. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Can I ask you a question, parents? What are you teaching your children? What are you teaching your children? What's the important things you're teaching your children? Should be teaching them to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt talk of them when thou settest in thine house. Can I ask you another question? What do you talk about in your house? Ought to be the things of the Lord. Let me just help you a little bit right here. The more you amen, the faster I preach. I'm just saying, the more you amen, the faster I preach. If there's not any amens, my thought is they're not getting it, and I need to repeat everything over again, and we'll be here twice as long. So even if you don't get it, that's what amen just means I agree, all right? Even if you don't get it and you don't agree, say amen anyway, it'll get, it'll get us done faster, all right? Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. It sounds like it's pretty important. Can I ask you a question? Do you love the Lord today? Can I ask you another question? Do you love him the way the Bible says to love him? With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Go to Mark chapter 12. Turn over to Mark chapter 12. Just in case you're one of those would say, well, that's Old Testament. Well, it's in the New Testament too. And it's amazing to me. I've had people say, well, I don't, you know, I just don't go by those things that are in the Old Testament. But they sure love Psalms 23. <laughs> and that's in the Old Testament. <laughs> Mark chapter 12, look at verse 28. And one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Do you love the Lord today the way the Bible says to love him? The Bible tells us to love him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our might. Forty-one years of marriage 41 years ago, my dad stood, we stood at the church, and my dad stood up here at the front, and me and Miss Jenny stood there, and he was doing our vows, he was marrying us, and he was going through things and saying things, and I don't even remember most of what was said. I don't even really remember much about that day. I remember much about now, but I don't remember much about that day. But I remember him saying things, and I remember him saying something about, will you love her only? Wouldn't it have been something if I have spoke up right there and said, whoa, wait a minute. I can only love her. What about all the other women in my... Wouldn't that have been a... Wouldn't that have strained the ceremony? 
Anybody said something like that? There's others I want to love too. I can't just focus all my love on her, but that's the way we do the Lord. That's what we do. And he said to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, with everything that's in us. We're supposed to love the Lord. A few years ago, it's been about seven or eight years ago now. Boy, when you turn 60, the few years ago is a lot longer. I'll, I'll be talking sometimes and I'll say something about, you know, a couple of years ago, Miss Tina, go, that was nine years ago. I guess it's just when we get old, we get, it just happens that way. But we had, we had some people visiting our church, and they were talking about joining the church. Well, they had told me about a family that lived in Spiro, Oklahoma, that they knew, they grew up with, went to church with, First Baptist Church, Spiro. Real godly family, real good family. Well, one of the sons, he became the coach at Tulsa University. Uh, Bill Blankenship was the football coach at Tulsa University. That was one of the sons. And they said, we've known that family forever. And their dad, Gerald Blankenship, great man, Good Christian man. Well, they, they were telling they told me at different times about him and talked about the family. I met Bill Blankenship a couple of times. We went to some games and and you know saw him there and got to talk to him. And so he, I got a phone call and this this one man that was coming to our church. He said, "Hey, Bill Blankenship's father, Gerald, that I was telling you about, passed away, and they're having a memorial service for him Tuesday in Tulsa. Would you want to go?" And I said, yeah, we'll go. He said, well, me and my wife are going. If you and Jenny want to go with us. So we went up there to the memorial service with him. We walked in the door. We were late because we're Baptist. We walked in the door, and they handed us this little booklet right here. And it, it's a pretty lengthy little booklet with all the things. It's got pictures, and it's got things about Mr. Blankenship. I think he was 85 or 86 when he passed away. A lot of things about him and uh, where he graduated. He was in the Navy, and he graduated from high school, and then he became a football and basketball coach. And and all the record, it says his one record here was 110 and 46. I mean, uh, 299 wins with 73 losses in basketball. Different, you know, they, they were going through all those things and telling about it. the whole The whole entire football team for Tulsa University was sitting on one side of this auditorium. There was probably, I don't know, seven, 800 people in there. And we're sitting at the back, and I'm kind of looking through this booklet. It was about a two-and-a-half-hour service. It was a long service. But all, the, all three of the sons, two of them are preachers. And then, of course, one's a football coach. I think he's a football coach at Owasso now. It's where he's coaching the high school now. But the, the, those sons were there in the family. And they all spoke. They came up and gave a testimony. And the first two sons, the preachers, they came up and, and spoke for a little bit and gave testimonies. And then Coach Blankenship himself came up and was given a testimony about his dad. And they were talking. All three of the sons said something that really got my attention because this is what they said toward the end of their testimony. They said, one thing our dad always wanted to see was that all his kids and all his grandkids came to know Christ before he passed away. And we're thankful our dad got to see that. And I thought, boy, that's good. That's a, that's a good thing to say there. I'm not, I'm not against the, the worldly accolades and the things that go on. That, that you do. I'm not against those things. But I do want people to know the most important thing in my life is serving the Lord and living for God. And so that's what they were trying to get across. And, and But the, the last one, Coach Blankenship, as he was talking about his dad, he said, he was giving a testimony. He said, one of my dad's favorite sayings, and I, and I saw it here in the book I'd been reading through here. He said, one of my dad's favorite sayings that he would tell all his players, his Sunday school, kids in his Sunday school class, he taught Sunday school for 55 years, was a deacon for 55 years. I thought, Brother Eric, I thought, you know, wonder what kept him in that church for 55 years. There had to be good times. There had to be bad times. There had to be tough times. I think if you asked him, I think he would have said this. I think he would have looked at you like you're dumb and would have said, well, that's my church. 55 years in the same church, teaching Sunday school, a deacon. But he said, they said one thing he would always tell his family, friends, players, 
uh, Sunday school, kids in his Sunday school class, he always had this saying, and everybody knew it, and his saying was this, you can always take your love for God and love for others to a higher level. And wow, when they said that that day, I'm telling you, I didn't remember anything else that went on. I could not get that statement out of my head. The Holy Spirit just, because the first thing I thought when they said that, this is the first thing I thought, well, I love God at a higher level. I love God at a very high level. That's not what he said at all. He says you can always take your love for God and love for others to a higher level. I thought, wow. Because you know, here's the thing. If you take your love for God to a higher level, your love for others will automatically go to a higher level. If we love, I'm, not, I'm not talking about you've got to go from zero to a thousand. I'm talking about how about we take it up a step. How about you take your love for God to a higher level today? Take it up a step. Well, Brother Jr., I love God. I understand. I do too. But every time I've preached this message, every time I've thought about this thought, I've thought, I can take it up a step. I can take Because when we do, good things will happen in our life. They, they told so many things about him and, and about him, you know, the, the people that he had been an inspiration to and his testimony and everything. Told a lot of things. They said that his, uh, his second wife, his first wife passed away and he, he remarried and had been married to that, that lady for about 12 years. And she gave testimony that every night before they went to sleep, he would read, he would stand by the bed, read the word of God, and kneel by the bed and pray. They would read the word of God every night, and he'd kneel by the bed and pray. So when it got to where he couldn't kneel, he would just stand there and read and stand there and pray and then get in bed. But she said, we did it every night for 12 years. She said they got married on the 26th, and he told her, 26th of, of like March, and he told her, he said, you know, uh, there were some things in my first marriage I realized I didn't do well. And he said, I'm not going to make those same mistakes. Every month on the 26th, she got flowers. Now, I don't recommend that because if you start that, you've got to keep it up. <laughs> so I'm just, saying, I'm just saying what worked for him. What worked for him may not work for you. Because for, for some of us, if we brought flowers home, they're going to want to know right off the bat, what would you do? Because it's so rare that we do something like that. But, I mean, they talked about all the, the great things in his life, but I couldn't get that statement. You can always take your love for God and your love for others to a higher level. Because as I thought about it, the Lord laid on my heart this. Good things are going to happen in your life when you take your love for God to a higher level. Good things will happen. You say, Brother Jared, what are those things? What are you talking about? Well, I'm glad you asked because I was going to close, but since you asked the question, I'm going to answer now. Let me tell you what number one is. Number one is you take your love for God to a higher level, you'll love the Word of God. Aren't you thankful for your Bible? Aren't you thankful we have a Bible today? Yes. Amen. Five of us are. What about the rest of you? you thankful you have a Bible today? Yes. I love the Word of God. Don't you love the Word of God? When's the last time you read it? Don't you hate it when preachers trap you into things like that? Isn't that horrible? Isn't that horrible? When's the last time you read it? We say we love this book. We say we love God and we say we love this book. When's the last time you read it? When's the last time you This is a life-changing book. This, this book right here can change your life. We spend more times, a lot of times, in fiction books. This is not a fiction book. You read, a, and if you want to read old westerns and stuff like that, go ahead, do whatever you want to do. Read whatever you want to read. I'm just telling you what's going to help you in your life. But you can read one of those Louis Lamar western books, and once you've read it, you're done with it. You go back and read it again, you don't get anything other than what you just got the first time. This book here is different. 
You can read a passage in this book one day, read it again the next day. The Lord will speak to your heart in a different way. This is a living book. This is an amazing book. And we say we love God. We say we love the words of God, but we don't open the Bible. We don't open the words of God. It's not going to help us if we don't open it. My dad passed away uh, almost 11 years ago now. And when he passed away, I inherited probably about 30 Bibles. But you know what, Brother Eric? Those don't help me. It doesn't help me that I have 30 Bibles of my dad's. But it sure helps me when I open it, when I get in the Word. You take your love for God to a higher level, you'll love the words of God. I told you, me and Miss Jenny have been married 41 years. We met when she was 9 and I was 11. They came to our church. Uh, my dad pastored at 14th and Meridian in Oklahoma City, Meridian Avenue Baptist Church. Uh, that's kind of where I grew up. And they came and visited the church there. And they were looking for a church home. And there were four girls in the family. Only one had any sense. And I got her. <laughs> and, but her mom sang and her mom played the organ. Her mom eventually ended up being our organist. They joined our church there. But that's when we met at 9 and 11. And we were, I don't know what you call it, the puppy love. or I, I think I wrote her a note and said, do you like me, yes or no, circle one. One of those kind of deals. And I think that's how it started. I don't know. She's got a picture of us at a Valentine banquet at 13 and 11, I think. So they were, there, they were there about three years, and her dad got transferred on his job down to Houston. So they moved to Texas, moved away. We kind of lost touch. Uh, we didn't have all the things that you have today. For me to call her, I'd have had to go get a payphone booth and get in there and make the phone call. We didn't have cell phones. And so we kind of lost touch with each other and kind of got separated there and, and uh, kind of went different directions. And one day my dad gets a phone call, and it's from her mom and dad, Miss Jenny's mom and dad, and her older sister was getting married. And she said, her, her mom's on the phone and her dad, they're on a phone together. And she said, they said, we want you to come and do the wedding, Brother Jerry. We want you to come. So my dad agreed to go down and perform the ceremony. So our whole family, bring your whole family. See, I know, I know now, it was a ploy to get me back. They wanted me in that family. And so they, the whole thing, I think the wedding and everything was a setup just to get me. That's, it's my story. I'm telling it now. You can tell yours later. And so, so we drive down there and we get down there. There's a spring, Texas, just north of Houston for the wedding. We walk in their house and I can just see her eyes just start fluttering. She saw me. I haven't always looked like this. And so she, she saw me and she's just, you know, I'm, we're looking at each other and kind of grinning, you know. And, and I think at that time I'm like 17 or something then or 17 or 18, I think, when we came down there. And so we were there for a few days and got the ceremony done and everything. And so we got to talk a little bit. I got ready to leave and I said, hey, I'd like to, I'd like to call you. When I get back home, I'd like to call you sometimes. She said, I'd like that. I thought, I bet you would. No, I didn't. <laughs> So we, we agreed that we're going to communicate again. And, and so I got home and I started calling her like every evening I would call her. I'd go in my mom and dad's room. They had a phone in their room. I'd go in my mom and dad's room. I'd sit down, get the phone, put it in my lap, and I'd dial her number. We're old, but we still had phones, but they were attached to the wall. And young people in here are going, what in the world is he doing? And so I'm dialing a phone. That's what it was. That's that's how you did it back then. And so I would sit in there and talk, and we would talk for an hour or two on the phone. I mean, we're sometimes three. We'd, we'd talk a long time on the phone because she, you know, she's a talker. And so we would talk a long time on the phone. After the first month, my dad comes to me and said, son, we got a problem. I said, what's the problem? He said, you've got a $187 phone bill. I said, dad, that's the problem because you're only paying me like $40 a week to work here. You know, we got a real problem. He said, you're going to, my dad was an old school guy. He said, you're going to get you a pencil and a piece of paper and start writing letters. So I started writing letters. And I would write one and I'd mail it to Spring, Texas. And 
Months would go by, and I'd have like five or six letters from her come in, and then I'd decide to write another one. I wasn't real good at writing, but one of my jobs, Randy, one of my jobs at the ranch was to work with the livestock, but I'd also get up in the morning and go into town, pick up the mail, bring it back by and drop it off at the office, and then go down to the barns and stuff and work. We got a lot of 